0: all kinds of fun stuff to talk about right here as the rose bowl is going to be kicking off in about 24 hours you are locked
1: on bama your daily podcast on the alabama crimson tide part of the locked
0: on podcast network your team every day Hey, everybody, and welcome back into the Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, and that's him. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And thank you for making your first listen every single day. Also, want to give a shout out to, I think he said his name was Steve yesterday. I saw him at the uh, Alabama Hoops game. Alabama wins big over Liberty. Liberty's no slouch. I mean, they're not a bad team, and Alabama took care of business. So uh, that was nice. Also, next year, this, the CM Newton Classic, it wasn't a great one. Liberty's not the best name you want to have in this thing, but next year they get Arizona and Birmingham. I hope they get it on a different date a little bit earlier so that uh, the crowd will be a little bit bigger. You know, it just so happened uh, this was right in the middle of bowl, some big bowl games like Ole Miss and the, the Auburn game people wanted to watch, especially since Auburn was losing. We'll talk about that. And, uh, of course, a lot of people traveled to Pasadena too. The crowd wasn't fantastic, but it wasn't awful either. It was fine. Um but uh Alabama put on a show. Congratulations to the hoops team. Need to throw that out there because we do care about hoops. Um, but what I want to get started with, Jimmy, is Alabama gets another portal commitment in Naquil Bertrand. Yes. And uh this is a guy that you have said is sort of the okay, since we didn't get favor edwin, we're gonna get this guy. And really, I, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to discount that we missed on Favor Edwin. I mean, I think we all know what. It sounds like what happened there, that was an NIL situation. We weren't willing to go past a certain point. I think Auburn and Florida were willing to pay a little more. He ends up signing with Auburn. More power to him. I think he's going to be a good player. Happy for him. But I think these two guys are kind of interchangeable. And the thing I like about uh, Bertrand is the fact that he's had a year at Texas A&M to, to go ahead and get ready. So, really, if I'm going to take a shot at a project, I might rather take this guy.
1: Yeah, a, a fans should look at this uh you know, the fans should look at this a little differently than the other two that now there are three portal signees for Alabama in this cycle. The first two guys are guys that I think are going to compete immediately for a starting spot. I think LT Overton and Damani Jackson both will be immediate competitors for a starting spot with the first team. I think this kid is more likely to be a little more developmental.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, and, Again, that's OK. I mean, I don't mind having some developmental kids. And here's the other thing. I said this the other day. I know that right now I think you can transfer whenever you want, but I sort of dig the fact that he's already used his transfer. So he, <laughs> he's sort of handcuffed to being here to develop. Whereas if favor Edwin, if he falls out of favor, no pun intended, in Auburn, then he can just leave immediately. So, you know,
1: I, I don't think he's showing up with the idea that, hey, if I don't start, I'm out of here because I, I don't right. think that's his mentality showing up. And let's not rule this out either, Luke. Uh, this kid has a, a ton of ability. That's why he's coming in here 6'6, six, six, 330 pounds. This is a gigantic, gigantic kid who's been coached at AM for a year. I think he's got just as much chance to win a job this spring as like Wilkin Formby and Miles McVeigh, who have already been here for a year and they've been developing too. I just kind of lump him in with those guys. Like, well, maybe Formby's got a shot. Maybe McVay's got a shot. Maybe this new guy, Bertrand, maybe he's got a shot. But in my opinion, as we sit here today, I mean, I like Elijah Pritchett to be the second starting tackle. And and see, I know some fans saw him play this year, and they think, I don't think he's good enough. Well, just remember he was a freshman, you know, a redshirt freshman. Uh, He'll be a year better. Next year, uh, just a better player. Look, think of, of what Caden Proctor looked like early this season. By late in the year, Caden was pretty good. Think of Milro, you know, also, you know, a young player. By late in the year, he was good. So, uh I, I Pritchett's, Pritchett's still developing himself. It's a developmental position. And I, I like Pritchett as the starter, but I do think Bertrand can come in and push him. I think Bertrand's got his shot, just like Miles McVeigh has a shot, just like Wilkin Formby has a shot. But I don't think he's coming in like we need to look at Damani Jackson as, hey, he's a real threat to be a starting cornerback next season. LT Overton is a real threat to be among the first-team defensive linemen. Uh, I would put Bertrand's chances of being a starter behind those two, but that's not why Alabama bought him in. Uh, Alabama also may not be done in the portal at that position. It's possible that they go look for more more of a ready-to-start tackle potentially. We'll see. Uh, the, the, the portal's tricky, uh, largely because of NIL, and to some extent the numbers, and And I know fans, that's it's the last thing they ever want to talk about or think about. They always just say, oh, that'll work itself out. Well, the coaches have to actually consume themselves with how it's going to work out, and right now, if you add up the commitments and the players scheduled to come back, uh, you know, it, it's it's well over 85 right now, so uh, that has to be addressed as well.
0: Definitely. Now, meanwhile- uh, Alabama got some very good news in terms of players saying they're going to return. Now, things can change, but Quindarius Robinson said he's definitely coming back. Uh, Keon Keeley, I mean, for anybody worried, I mean, in, in this day and age, especially when it's a five-star, number three player in the country, you've got to worry about, hey, I didn't get to play any. Um, I'm going to go somewhere where I can play. Well, I think guys like Keon Keeley ha- have decided, hey, I'm going to you know, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to figure this out. Um, and there was uh, one other one, Jimmy, helped me. Uh, it blank. Uh, Trey Amos, Amos. Darius
1: Robinson, Christian.
0: Trey Amos, Christian, Christian story, story said he's come
1: coming back. The only player I felt in terms of reading between the lines, the only player to me that was non-committal about coming back was Ty Simpson, and that 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 should surprise no one. And one thing I'll say about about Ty, if he does leave, uh, appreciate the Ty hung around. Ty could have, like Malik Murphy, did the sick – Malik Murphy, and I'm not criticizing the kid. I'm absolutely not. But Malik Murphy left before playoff preparation started. Ty hung around because he's a team guy. Ty realizes, hey, if Jalen Milrow gets hurt, they may need me to step in and play right away. So I'm not getting in the portal early. And he may have done so at his own detriment if he's actually going in the portal. When you get in the portal early, now you got time to really build up some options mm-hmm. – Ty may be getting in the portal you know when a lot of schools have already filled their their quarterback spot you know for for next year like the Notre Dames and such and Duke who took Malik Murphy uh so Ty was non-committal he didn't say I'm getting in the portal he didn't say I'm not getting in the portal he says he's thinking about it uh anybody can read into that uh, as you like but I, I I don't think in this day and age anyone should be shocked when the second team quarterback goes uh somewhere where he feels he'll be the first team quarterback
0: yeah, and, again, there were actually some reports that Ty was like, hey, I, I want to stay at Alabama. I mean, and there, there is some positives to staying here. I mean, you know, Alabama's got a great culture. Uh, you're going to win some championships. And, look, who knows what happens. I mean, you may end up getting that shot and may end up balling out. And then if you're quarterback for Alabama, that's kind of a big deal. It, it, it improves your brand. But, you know, also don't blame somebody, especially a quarterback. There's There's only one guy that's playing quarterback. I mean, that's just it. So I understand that, where he's coming from. And I'm with you on that. That uh, Quindarius Robinson, though, may have been the biggest surprise to me. Even some people, yes. uh, he, he did critique in the um, senior day festivities. But he said, hey, look, I'm planning on coming back. And I think that's wonderful. I, I think that it's great. He's coming back. I'm Keon Keel. I mean, look. This team is really coming together for next year. I hate to look past Michigan, and we're going to talk about Michigan predictions in the next segment. I hate to look past it, but, man, next year is really shaping up to be nice.
1: Yeah, uh, it was encouraging that virtually everyone that the media interviewed at the full team media day uh, said, said they're coming back, including Quandarius so I would put at the top of the list. By the way, Seth McLaughlin's not sure. He's still, he might come back. He might not. I'm sure he needs to, to, to have a discussion with the coaching staff before any final decisions made. But Quan Darius Robinson saying he's coming back is a big, big deal. Uh, I, I think it might surprise people t- to hear this opinion, but I think Quan Darius might prove to be one of the very best players on the team next year. I mean, to me, he's vital. To me, he's a, a starter. To me, he's one of the better players on defense with another year of development. And I think he really needs this year to put on tape for the NFL. Uh, I, I don't think he'll be Will Anderson. I don't even really think he'll be Dallas Turner, but I think he'll be the best outside linebacker on the team. So so Alabama really needs him back. It was encouraging to hear that he's, uh, I think is the word he used, probably coming back.
0: Okay. When we come back, let's get into some Michigan predictions. It's that time, Jimmy, so let's do it when we come back. Right now, though, I want to tell everybody about FanDuel. You see it right there, fanduel.com slash locked on. This is so much fun. Look, we're putting this out on Sunday. The NFL game's have already started today. It's week 16. Not too late to get in on FanDuel. They're going to have this thing going through the playoffs. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed When you place a $5 bet, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets. If you win or if you lose, the app is so easy to use. It's there's so many different ways to bet live same game parlays, find bets in the new Explorer tab, much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at Conditions at sportsbookfanduel.com. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit fanduel.com. RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1 888 789 777. And yes, you can do all that with fanduel.com. Boy, that last bit of live read stuff, that was some new stuff that they threw on me. And, uh, <laughs> you audible. You handled it well. Omaha, Omaha. I omaha all right. I'm not even sure where to text for the gambling problem um, if I'm in Omaha. Um, but, uh, okay, Jimmy, Michigan yes. prediction. Yes. Look, I've been thinking about this a lot. I, I, I mean, I really have, uh, you know, obviously you don't, Glean too much from the other bowl games, which we'll talk about in the last segment. But I'm telling you, I just feel like the SEC may have been better than we thought. I feel like this Alabama team has come a long way. Everybody's putting way too much stock, if you ask me, in the Iron Bowl, which is a different animal than any other game on the planet. It is just different, um, especially in Jordan-Hare Stadium. I don't think anybody should really look at that game and say, oh, Alabama played like crap against Auburn they're going to play like crap against Michigan. I don't think that's the way it goes. Auburn plays differently there. And um, I think Auburn isn't as bad as Maryland showed us or New Mexico State showed us, and they're not nearly as good as in the Iron Bowl. They're somewhere in between. But regardless, I know this uh, Michigan team, this Michigan offensive line won the Joe Moore Award, but they also lost one of their better players. Um, I don't know that they've played a group of uh, rushers and defensive linemen as physical and fast as this group. I'm gonna go with Alabama winning 34 to 24. That's gonna be my final prediction. Um, I, I feel like, yes, Michigan will get some points. I do feel like, again, you you talk about the Joe Moore Award that this Michigan offensive line team won. Congratulations to them, they deserved it, that's great. But you, you, you look at uh, Penn State, you say, well, Penn State's got a good pass rush and they only had one sack. Michigan only attempted eight passes with zero passes attempted in the second half. So if you attempt eight passes and get sacked once, that's actually not bad (laughs) for the defense. So again, I'm going Alabama wins this thing 34 to 24. I think Jalen Milrow has a very nice day. I'm also going to say Isaiah Bond has a very nice day.
1: Wow. You got, uh, you got, uh, you surprised me a little bit with a lot of points. 34, 24. It's quite a bit, uh, 58 points. Um, and uh, Alabama winning by 10. I, I have it more low scoring. Uh, I think both teams are going to do all they can to establish a run game. I think both teams will insist, even stubbornly. Uh, I would prepare to see a lot of three yards and a cloud of dust or even two yards and a cloud of dust uh, and some punts in this game. Both teams uh, not just streaking up and down the field. I, I think it's going to be tough and physical. Uh, with both teams insisting on, on running the ball. And then in the second half, uh, it's going to be, okay, now we better open it up because we're trying to win this game. And both teams throw it more in the second half and have some success with it. But Alabama will have more success with it than Michigan, uh, particularly down the field. I like your call of Isaiah Bond having a nice game. I agree. I think ultimately Milro to Bond in the fourth quarter ends up being the difference in the game. Uh, by one score, I like Alabama 24 to 17, uh, and, and I can see it being 17-17 going into the fourth. Uh, I, I'm not predicting a grave digger type ending where uh, there's a two-minute drive to win the game. Uh, I just think Alabama will score late and uh, and hold on. Uh, Alabama 24, Michigan 17, and for Alabama to to play in the national championship game this season after uh, the September after the Texas loss by double digits, after the South Florida performance, after the first half against Ole Miss, uh, after that first half against Tennessee, after the, the you know the Auburn game. Uh, for this Alabama team to be in the national championship game would be an unbelievable accomplishment and uh, yet another sign that we're being coached by the best to ever do it.
0: Yes, and I also want to get your prediction on Texas, Washington. Let me say one thing really quickly. One thing that really grinds my gears, people keep saying, you lost at home to Texas by double digits, by the lowest amount of double digits that can be double digits. Uh, I just true. hate it when people – because that makes it sound like you
1: lost by it's, 99. It does sound like, yeah, 99. Yeah, when in fact you it lost was 10, 10. When in fact Alabama was up sixteen thirteen going into in, the, the, fourth. Quarter, in yeah. the fourth quarter. You know, that game was, was close. Now, statistically, I think, you know, Texas beat Alabama worse than 16-13. Sounds, but, you know, I'm, I'm with you, that double-digit thing. You know, I guess people say that because I think it's the only time it's happened. I think that's the only time in the Nick Saban era, even including 2007, that Alabama lost by more than single digits uh, at home um, in the same era. LSU in 07. Did LSU win by more than yeah, that?
0: Because, remember, we gave up the uh, we gave up the score, and then I think they got a late score. I think they ended up winning by two scores.
1: They did win the national championship that year. Yeah. Now I want to get you. It must've been fairly good. You know, they split the national. No, that was 97, not 07. I was about to say they split the national title of Michigan. That was 97. I missed that by a decade.
0: (laughs) You missed it by double digit, Jimmy. Double digit. 99 uh, years. But okay. I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's better. The easier path, if you ask me, and I'm not taking a shot at Washington. I think the easier path for Alabama to win a national championship, assuming they beat Michigan is to play Washington. I think Alabama, uh, I think Texas is the better team, okay? Now, Washington may prove me wrong. I'm just going by what I think. Um, now, that being said, I want it to be Texas. I want the more difficult path this time. Usually, I'm pro. Whatever the best way for Alabama to win a title is, is what I want. I don't care if it means mm-hmm. we play UT Chattanooga in the in the championship. This I'm time, great. I want to play Texas. I want to do – this is Rocky – is that Rocky Four? I think, where Rocky goes to Russia. And Not has before. to beat Ivan Drago. That's what I want this to be. I want to go to Texas, in the heart of Texas, and I want to beat the team that beat us earlier. That's what I want to do. I think that 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 is a way to uh, for this team to have total redemption, and that's what I want to see. So maybe it's just me kind of wishful thinking, but I'm going to predict Texas wins this game by about ten points. Um, now Washington may win it, and Michael Penix is a badass. So maybe Penix proves me wrong. Maybe Washington wins it all because I like DeBoer too. He's a great coach, but I'm hoping for Bama Texas, even though that means ticket prices will skyrocket. I'd, I'm going to have to get there somehow. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to have to get there. Uh, if any of our loyal listeners love Luke Robinson enough to say, "Hey, I'd love to set you up with a free trip, um, a, free, a free two thousand dollar ticket," yeah. But um, regardless, um. I, I'm, I'm going to pick Texas to win, and I, I'm going to pick a Texas-Bama rematch, and then, boy, Katie, bar the door, a week of pomp and circumstance.
1: I'm also predicting Texas to beat Washington. I do think it – I mean, Washington might surprise me. I, I, w- I even said – I'll go so far as to say before um, – if the committee – if their job was to pick the four best teams of those that I would consider qualified, meaning zero losses or one loss – uh of of the qualified teams I, I would have invited alabama georgia michigan and texas and not even invited washington now that's super controversial because you know they were undefeated too uh I, I just didn't really believe washington for instance is better than georgia now i'll give washington this y'all have a great chance to prove me wrong and i'll happily eat the words i'll happily go boy i was wrong washington's a heck of a Football team. I just have some doubts about Washington defensively. And to some extent, the line of scrimmage. Although I know their offensive line, they're really proud of it. They think their offensive line is really good. They might be right. That to me is the matchup of this game because I know Texas's defensive line is good. I know that. Uh I, and I think ultimately that's where the game's decided. I think Texas defensive line proves Washington's offensive line is more. Great for the Pac-12 as opposed to great for for, for elite power five football. I, I like Texas to win. How about this? Uh, you said by double digits. Uh, I think Texas beats Washington by that same score. They beat Alabama 34-24, Texas over Washington setting up that rematch in the national championship game. And, man, it is going to be like when Alabama played LSU in New Orleans for the national championship uh alabama versus texas in houston texas for the national championship alabama is going to feel like when rocky went to russia to fight ivan drago (laughs) it's going to feel like that in that uh stadium heck you might as well just say ah to heck with it let's just play it in austin anyway and just just stop and play in austin Mm -hmm. i mean in terms of what that stadium is going to look like uh that day um boy those ticket prices are going to be insane too
0: Jimmy, we're going to talk about some of the SEC performances of the last couple of days and also some performances coming up in this next segment.
1: Luke. Oh. Sorry. Hey, hey, hey Luke, Luke, imagine it just just this. this struck me. This is what the tickets Imagine if Alabama had not won a national title in 18 years and they were playing, and Alabama finally makes it back in the national championship game, and they might win, and they played it in Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> what would those tickets cost? Because there's no one in this state from Gulf Shores to Huntsville that wouldn't want to be in there. And Texas has like, what, 10 times the population of the state of Alabama? Uh, I mean, more people live in Dallas and Houston than live in Alabama. That
0: is true. That is true. It's crazy, um, and and that's why it, what's probably going to happen is Michigan, Washington. <laughs> hey, that I'm going to tell you what TV execs everywhere are like. For the love of God, be Texas. Uh, it's I, I think people Michigan's they're both brands.
1: I, I, yeah. I people would watch. I agree with you though. The weird part is it's a rematch, but Alabama, Texas would uh, that would get the biggest rating. Texas, Michigan, and the other two would would, still with get losses. The, the other
0: two don't have losses. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's if right. you were actually, if if truth be known, if people were really seeding these teams and you're like, forget, you know, forget tradition, forget whatever you just seed, you know, you put who you think's going to go there. Now, Vegas has Michigan a slight favorite. I understand that. But I think general public wise, most people would be like, I'd go Alabama or maybe Michigan, but maybe Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Washington probably fourth. I think that's right. the way to go. But all right, Jimmy, we got to talk about some of the SEC performances. I'm going to start with Auburn because, frankly, you know, look, I'm going to tell you something. Hugh Freeze give, give Hugh Freeze a ton of credit for the way he played against Alabama. That's true. The way he played against Georgia, that's true. The the recruiting um, his Auburn's recruiting was outstanding this year, especially considering where it's been. But. This is why you know all the people saying Hugh Freeze is is going to be the next thing and and dominate et cetera. Did you hear some of the things he said after the? I mean, the embarrassing yeah. loss. To him? It was embarrassing. Maryland was up so big so quickly. They kind of were like, okay, we don't have to do much else, <laughs> and they didn't. And um, this was Maryland's backup quarterback. And uh, you know, Hugh Freeze was like, well, I really wasn't involved in the game plan, and I thought the game plan stunk. I was trying to recruit. Now, okay. Yeah. That's, that's fair. You can let the fans kind of believe that without saying that. But what you do, number one, is you basically say, you tell your team, this didn't matter to me. And then you also tell your coaches, Hey, y'all stunk. I didn't stink.
1: It's also uh, admitting to some sort of level one violation because there's been a dead period since December 18th. (laughs) So if he's, if he's, (laughs) if he's around the clock recruiting, I think he's doing it wrong. And, uh, you know, Harbaugh, Harbaugh, got in trouble about that, uh, of course, he was recruiting during COVID, also a dead period. Uh, I, I, I think Auburn. That was Auburn's worst performance all season, which saying a lot in a year when you finish six and seven. It was Auburn. And lose to New Mexico State. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was just it was it was it was that level bad, and uh, just shows they have a long, long way to go uh, to be on par. You know, they can play some sixty minute games at home against Georgia and Alabama and a loss, but they they got a long way to go to even get up to where Missouri and Ole Miss are right now, and, and long is, way to go.
0: This is what makes Nick Saban better than all the guys that everybody says is the Nick, Nick, next Nick Saban. He doesn't have any games like this. Now, I know Clemson blew Alabama's doors off a few years ago. I understand that. Um, I know he lost to Louisiana Monroe in the first year. I get that. We also understand the circumstances. This was in the bowl game, by the way, in 07. Alabama beat Colorado that year. I mean, is. this is a little different. I mean, Auburn was fighting to not have a losing record for the third straight year. <laughs> they were fighting just not to have a losing record. There's was,
1: there was no excuse for Auburn to lose that game where, where Talia tongue about. I mean, if Talia played, I would feel a little different. If True. Talia was playing, I would say Maryland's going to win the game. I thought Auburn should win the game. Going into the game, I thought I bet on oh, Auburn, should, like win this. I, I thought Auburn should, should win the game based on, uh, based on how the season's played out, and they, they didn't. And what, what really confuses me is – I, I'm sure it's the supporting cast, but Peyton Thorne was a better player than that at Michigan State. I, I'm not sure what's happened to him there at Auburn. He, he His numbers in Michigan State during that 10-win uh, season or whatever he had uh, in his sophomore year, his numbers were pretty good. I think he threw 25 touchdown passes and only nine interceptions, uh, completing 62% of his passes, uh, 8.3 yards per attempt. I looked it up yesterday. Peyton Thorne was a better player up there. and that, 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 Why? that They need to start with that. Why was – why is Thorne seemingly regressed? I bet he hadn't. I think it's just the, the cast around him.
0: Then uh, really quickly, I want to talk about Ole Miss in Missouri. Look, I understand Marvin Harrison Jr. was out. I understand Kyle McCord was gone. Again, this is exactly why I predicted Missouri to win that game, though. Missouri was going to take it more seriously, and Missouri, this mean, meant more to Missouri. And, okay, well, here's the thing. It doesn't really hurt Ohio State. Ohio State is, is one of the top three – four brands in the country, they will be for the foreseeable future. It's not going to really hurt them, but for Missouri, it elevates their status big time. And same thing with Ole Miss. I, I'm, I, that's why I picked Ole Miss. Ole Miss just wanted it more, and I'll tell you something. Penn State wanted it too. This was not a Florida State Georgia situation. Both teams right. went after this, and uh, Ole Miss was just simply
1: better. Hey, for all the for all the these bulls are meaningless, people. I mean, I I hate using that word to describe any of it. I would even say Maryland-Auburn wasn't meaningless myself. But this is why those games in particular, when when you say, ah, it's meaningless, it doesn't matter. Wrong. It will show up in the preseason rankings. The outcome of Missouri over Ohio State is going to show up in those preseason rankings and the outcome of Ole Miss over Penn State. Not a lot, but I think both Ohio State and Penn State will start a little lower than anticipated, and Missouri and Ole Miss will start out a little higher than anticipated in the first polls of next season. And let's remember this 12 team playoff, where you start in the poll matters. Where you start in the poll matters. Uh it, it really does. And, and if you if you want to be in the top 12, starting out in the top 12 is a good idea. It's a good, it's a good idea. Yes, um yeah, yeah, you can because you can lose and not drop out. But sure. if hey if you're starting out 18, 19, 20 and you lose gonna take a while to climb back up so I'm just saying uh, those games will show up next year in the preseason poll and I will bet that Ole Miss will be ranked ahead of Penn State ahead of Ohio State maybe and we'll see where Missouri is uh, maybe right around that 10 mark again
0: I'm super anxious and I haven't seen any yet I'm surprised I'm super anxious for um, about eight days, nine days from now, when the, everybody starts giving their predictions for next year and they start actually predicting the 12-team playoff. Nobody's predicting that yet. And I'm anxious about that because I think it's going to be so much fun to think about what it can be. Um, that's going to be cool. Now, one final thing, Georgia, Florida State. I mean, again, I've nobody's enjoyed Danny Cannell's, I mean, just sadness more than I have. Um, I will say this. I think both things can be simultaneously true. No, Florida State didn't have their best foot forward, but yes, this is kind of a reflection on. Thank God they didn't make the playoffs. That both things can be true. It's not that one or the other. Uh, this Florida State team just—they're not—they're not that good. We know it. They're, they're reminiscent of an undefeated Boise State in a sense. And you can talk about, hey, they beat LSU at the beginning of the year. They certainly did. This LSU team also lost three games. Um, Alabama also beat this LSU team, and uh, this not, Florida State doesn't have its corner. They beat
1: LSU because the best player on the field that particular night wasn't the Heisman winner. The best player on the field that night was Jordan Travis. Correct. So who, Who's no longer playing for Florida State at the end of the year.
0: And Georgia didn't have Brock Bowers. I mean, come on. Let, Georgia, this the biggest bowl blowout in history. And so you can't – look, if – missing you can't say oh well this doesn't count because we had players missing well um then yeah, you, you, you saw before it didn't matter yeah <laughs> I mean and also you had you were going to have players missing in the in the other game so why should why should we not think that oh you were going to have Jordan Travis missing in if you had made the playoffs that's going to matter you can't you just can't have it both ways
1: Florida State was not one of the four best teams at the end. It's that simple. It's about the four best teams. Florida State was not one of the four best teams at the end of the season, uh, in part because they just (laughs) insufficiently replaced Jordan Travis. And, you know, I I agree a million percent to anybody that's all yours homered out. No, what I would tell you is if Rotomaker had played well and Florida State beat Florida and Rotomaker played great, Alabama, we would be the ones bitching. We would be the ones not in this playoff. If Florida State had beaten Louisville and Florida handily and had good quarterback play in those games, they would be in and Alabama would be at home.
0: And we probably wouldn't have a lot to say. And let's but also that's say not it. what happened. Hey, let's give a shout out and a thank you and a happy new year to Kentucky because they beat Louisville, which also diminished Florida State's win. True. 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 By the true, way, no doubt. I thought
1: Kentucky looked good against Clemson. I did. I did too. I don't I don't understand that that wasn't the SEC versus Clemson. That was the SEC's eighth or ninth best team versus the ACC's probably second best team. I know they didn't finish yeah. second, but they're probably the second best team in that league and that was the SEC's eighth or ninth best team playing them toe to toe for 60 minutes and I tell you Mark Stoops is a good football coach. He, he's I, good.
0: I, yeah, I like him a lot. Jimmy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back Tomorrow. I mean, I'm hoping we're going to do a show after the uh, big victory Alabama has tomorrow. So that's what we're hoping for. We might do a show in the morning. We'll let you know it's New Year. So, you know, maybe we all get our party on. But I'm going to tell you something, everybody. We appreciate you guys a ton. Thanks for a fantastic year. I hope you all have a wonderful night and a happy new year and roll time.
1: Happy New Year. Roll time.